Christ. Our meditation on this fourth Sunday in Advent is taken from Luke's Gospel, the first chapter. Listen again to a portion of verse 45. And Elizabeth said, Blessed is she who believed. So far, our text. My dad passed away ten years ago now, almost to the day. And over the last decade, there are two things I miss the most. The first is the weekly phone call. Every Sunday afternoon, the phone would ring, and it would be, Dad, how did church go? How was attendance? What did you preach on? Did you knock them alive again? How are the kids? Sunday afternoons have never been the same. The second thing I miss is this. Whenever I became stuck as a pastor, frustrated about something or, or having no idea how to handle a certain situation, I'd call Dad. And he always had sage advice. Not, not because he was a dad so much, but because he had been a pastor for 38 years. He knew what I was going through. He'd seen it all himself. He'd been there. And all of that made him the perfect mentor. And I still miss him today. Well, much the same thing is happening in our text this morning. Luke tells us that the divinely pregnant Mary decides to take a little road trip. She arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. Now, not even Google Maps knows the location where Mary was headed or how long Mary's journey was. In fact, the best guess by Bible scholars over the years has always been about 100 miles, give or take. And she walked or she rode a four-wheel drive donkey, and she's 14 years young, and she is with child. It took her at least two weeks, probably more. Say what now? I mean, what was so important about the hill country in Judah that Mary would put herself through all of that? And the answer is this, that's where her relative, Mary's aunt, Elizabeth lived, or as I like to refer to her, Great Auntie E. And Great Auntie E was Mary's mentor, and Mary needed her. No one else would do. Because Mary was going through some stuff, wasn't she? And it wasn't the usual teenage stuff either. She was visited by an angel up close and personally. God, the Holy Spirit, had placed a child in her womb. Joseph wanted his engagement ring back. Her parents weren't speaking to her, and every single busybody in Nazareth was speaking about her. Mary needs to get out of town for a while. She needs someone to talk to. And so off to great Auntie Eve, she flies. In fact, great-aunt Elizabeth, her mentorship, it really does make perfect sense because they're family, aren't they? 
Mary trusts Elizabeth. She's older. She has a ton of life experience. Oh, and by the way, Elizabeth is miraculously pregnant too. Now picture the oldest female that you know. Okay, put that in the screen in your head for a second. The oldest female that you know. Picture them being great with child and then running into them at Sam's Club. <laughs> I know, it's kind of creepy, right? All right? But that's what happened to Elizabeth. In fact, Luke tells us that her condition was so surreal, it caused so much scuttlebutt that she quarantined and secluded herself for the last five months of her pregnancy. You see now why Mary was willing to walk for 100 miles to visit her aunt? I mean, they were both going through the same thing. No other mentor would do. Now, there's one other thing that Mary and Elizabeth have in common, and not only is this the most important thing, it's also the one thing that makes each of them an unforgettable spiritual hero to anyone who calls themselves a Christian. Both shared a pure and unshakable faith, unparalleled in the Bible. First, Mary. And remember now, she's 14 years old. Uh, Mary, uh, Gabriel, said unto her, you're going to become pregnant, but not in the usual way. Your fiancé will want to divorce you. Everyone in town will badmouth you. Oh, and by the way, your child will be the son of Yahweh. And Mary said unto the angel, Not my will, but thy will be done, O Lord. Do you think that Gabriel's mind was blown by what he heard coming from this slip of a Jewish girl? Oh, yes, it was. Mary had great faith. And then ancient Elizabeth, her cat-got-your-tongue husband, comes home from the temple and hands her a note which reads, Hey, hon, guess what? You're going to have a baby. He will be a boy. Let's call him John. And Elizabeth said, Not my will, but thy will be done, O Lord, too. Of course she did. The same Holy Spirit who's at work in Mary's womb is now working in Elizabeth's heart uh, and mind. And the Spirit had made Elizabeth privy to some pretty amazing news, which is why she greets Mary the way she does with these words, Blessed be the mother of my Lord, which means she's talking now about the unborn Jesus. And then she says, Blessed are you, Mary, for believing what the Lord has told you. They were both blessed. They were both blessed for believing what God had told them. Even though it was hard to swallow, they both said, Thy will be done, O Lord. We don't know exactly what you're doing, God, and why you're doing it to us, but we love you, Lord. We trust you. Go ahead, use us. Whatever way you see fit, thy will be done. And that is amazing faith. Well, let's fast forward now, 33 years. Mary's little boy is all grown up. 
Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. His divinely scheduled death is only hours away, and no human being wants to die by Roman crucifixion. And Jesus is no different. Is there any way, Father, except for this way, for us to save these folks? Jesus prays, Father, must I drink from this cup that you have set before me? And then Jesus answers his own prayer. Not my will, but thy will be done, O Lord. And that's amazing faith isn't it? Gee, do you think Jesus was influenced by the faith of his mother and by the faith of a relative named Auntie E? In my experience, it often takes many years for a Christian to grow and develop into having that kind of thy will be done faith. But when you run into someone who enjoys that kind of relationship with God, it's always unforgettably impressive. So do any of these names ring a bell? Bruce Christensen, Dale Patterson, Eldon Landvik, Judy Miller, Carl Randa, Kathy Kesty, Ken Erdwin, Lou Miller, Rochelle Nelson, Wes Albert. These are all PIC members who are in heaven right now. And each of them were terminally ill, and most had several months to ponder their exit from this life. Not one questioned God. Not one blamed God. Not one asked, why me? All said, why not me? All counted their blessings. All praised God. All looked forward to going home because they realized that this life is just practice for the life to come. Every single one of those saints used their dying as an opportunity to talk about what Jesus had done for them and what Jesus would soon be doing for them for all eternity. That's great faith. That's thy will be done faith. Like Mary's faith. And Elizabeth's faith, and Jesus' faith. So, if it hasn't happened yet to you, it will. Somehow, some way, this sinful world will come along. It's going to take a great big bite out of you. You know, maybe the boss says you can't work here anymore, or a friend lets you down, or a family member breaks your heart, or the doctor says cancer. You know, or you never thought your life would go this way, but it sure did. And in that moment, in that time, find your God. Find him in heaven, find him in his word, find him in the manger, find him on the cross, put your trust in him. He loves you, he knows what he's doing. And then you whisper, Thy will be done, O Lord. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.